Welcome back, Dr. Clark. Uh, let us start our topic today of the atypical antipsychotic quetiapine. We last spoke about clozapine, which was the first atypical antipsychotic discovered. Uh, we reviewed some of the side effects and monitoring with that medication. So today let's talk about quetiapine, which many people are familiar with because it's often used off-label for many different things that we'll get into. Uh, Dr. Clark, can you tell us a little bit more about quetiapine? Of course. So as you mentioned last episode, we talked about antipsychotics, and they were discovered in the 1950s for the treatment of schizophrenia. Quetiapine was developed in 1984 by AstraZeneca while searching for an agent that was similar to clozapine without the toxicology. It is derived structurally related to clozapine and olanzapine. So can you tell us a little bit about the pharmacology and mechanism of action of quetiapine? Quetiapine's receptor profile is also complicated, just like many of the atypical antipsychotics. It's an antagonist at many areas, most notably D2, muscarinic, 5-HT2C, 5-HT1D, and 5-HT1A sites. It also has a little H1 and alpha receptor as well. Quetiapine has substantial 5-HT1A agonist activity, and it's one of the things that is thought to be responsible for improvement in the cognitive and negative symptoms of schizophrenia. It has modest affinity for D2 and much stronger affinity for 5-HT2. Quetiapine has no real affinity to cholinergic, muscarinic, or benzodiazepine receptors, and quetiapine also tends to be more selective in blocking D2 and D3 receptors in the temporal lobes as opposed to the striatal complex in the brain, which is similar to clozapine. And what about the pharmacokinetics? Quetiapine is rapidly absorbed, and it's unaffected by food. It's about 83% protein-bound. It's important to know that although it has a high affinity to bound protein in the body, there have really been no studies show changing binding of warfarin or diazepine and vice versa for quetiapine with those medications. It's rapidly absorbed and reached peak concentration in about 1.5 hours. In terms of metabolism and excretion, it's metabolized by P453A4. So any inducers of 3A4, such as Tegretol or inhibitors like ketoconazole, can affect the levels, and it's important to know if your patient's on those and if you're going to be prescribing those. Um, lithium and Depakote don't affect the levels, um, and less than 1% of the administered quetiapine dose is excreted, excreted unchanged, so again, it's highly metabolized. Quetiapine is extensively metabolized by the liver, as I mentioned above, by P453A4, so hepatic disease can affect the metabolism as well as age and may require dose adjustments. However, gender, smoking, weight, and renal function do not really affect the metabolism. Usually, it has BID to TID dosing, and the half-life is about six hours. So what is quetiapine FDA approved for? So this is important because it is frequently used off-label. So FDA approval is for bipolar disorder, and this is monotherapy as well as adjunct therapy. It's approved for both depressive symptoms in relation to bipolar and acute manic symptoms. The doses for bipolar depression seem to show a difference in symptoms around 300 milligrams a day compared to 600 milligrams a day in several studies. 
In regards to mania, the study looked at monotherapy with doses between 400 and 800, and then adjunct therapy as well, 400 to 800. And all these studies were in comparison to placebo, not another antipsychotic or mood stabilizer. Uh, adjunct therapy was with lithium and Depakote, and all showed superiority compared to placebo. In terms of schizophrenia, obviously what we are kind of talking about, the FDA approval for schizophrenia was studied in dosing from 75 milligrams a day up to 750 milligrams a day. And this was BID dosing and some were TID dosing. Studies showed, again, maximal benefit was really at the 300 milligrams a day. The median dosing during these studies was around 500 to 600. Uh, low dosing was not superior to placebo, so you did have to get up to that threshold. But again, the brief psychotic rating scale, all of those showed improvement. So FDA approval is really bipolar and schizophrenia. Bipolar and schizophrenia. But it's used all the time off-label. So can you tell us more about what people use quetiapine for that is not FDA approved? Yes. So quetiapine has been used frequently off-label for insomnia. And just for a fun fact, there's actually a lot of lawsuits in regards to that because it was advertised for it. But we are not FDA approved for that. It is frequently used for agitation as well in the hospital. Any dementia patients or delirium patients with behavioral disturbances is frequently used for. And as we mentioned kind of briefly in the last one, there is a black box warning for atypical antipsychotics and dementia-related treatment. And so it's really important to, to remember that. Especially if you're going to use it off-label, need to know what are the potential side effects. So what are the major side effects we can expect with quetiapine? So as I said before, it does hit a lot of receptors, so there are obviously some side effects with it. Antagonism at receptors of dopamine and 5-HT2 explains some of the side effects of quetiapine. The histamine is also another one. One of the biggest ones, I would say, is the metabolic abnormalities and one of the limiting factors of Seroquel. So it includes hyperglycemia, diabetes, elevated cholesterol, triglycerides, and it's important to monitor these as well as get a family history to see if there's any risk factors. And then if there are, if hemoglobin A1C tends to trend up or there's any Glucose intolerance, it's important to discuss the lifestyle modifications as well as start treatment. Other symptoms that you can get from this are NMS, although rarer in some of the other medications, but it is increased about 0.002 to 3% taking atypical antipsychotics. Another one is tardi dyskinesia, but again, that's a little bit more rare in Seroquel. One of the other ones that is common that we know about is kind of the cognitive and motor impairment. And as we said, this is frequently used for insomnia. And so you can understand that there's a little bit of slowing as well. So you need to be aware who you're giving it to, if they have a potential for falls, uh, especially if you're giving it to older patients. And a lot of times if we're using it for something, we give it at night because of these type of, of things. Are there any absolute contraindications to using quetiapine? As with most medications, any previous hypersensitivity reaction is an absolute contraindication, but otherwise there's really not any other ones besides the black box warning that you would want to keep in mind. And if you take too much quetiapine, what are some of the symptoms you can have? So you can have some hypotension, respiratory depression, seizures, tachycardia, coma, and even death rarely. But again, that's for a significant overdose. 
extreme lethargy is common and we have to be aware when we're giving that to patients. When we have someone that comes in and overdose, a lot of times we'll admit them to the hospital, monitor them, and, and give them just supportive care. And how do you dose quetiapine? So we discussed a little bit earlier about the trials and kind of where they were most efficacious, but the dosing is normally scheduled between 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams, and 300 milligrams a day. And this can be broken up to BID or TID dosing. Patients receiving 600 milligrams that are increased to 400 milligrams on day five. So once you get to the, after the first one to four days, when you, when you gradually increase from 50 to 300, after that, you can kind of go a little bit more aggressively if you need to. And that's for bipolar depression. For bipolar mania, the initial dose is 50 milligrams BID on day one, and then it's increased to 100 milligrams BID on day two, 200 milligrams BID after that, and then you can increase as needed. Schizophrenia is the same dosing as bipolar mania. And if you decide you want to stop the quetiapine, is there any guidance as to how to taper off? So there's no real guidelines to tapering off quetiapine, but as we do with most, if you're titrating to something else, you, it's important to do a cross-taper. Um, and then maybe tapering down you know, by five, 50 to 100 milligrams a day, depending on the patient and monitoring closely. Okay. So to summarize, quetiapine, it seems like it's a good medication used for bipolar depression, bipolar mania, and schizophrenia. Although it is used for some other things, but those are all off-label. So especially if you're going to use it for other reasons uh, that are not FDA-approved. But in all patients, it's really important with quetiapine to discuss the potential risk and benefits, especially the potential cognitive issues and the metabolic issues. Thank you again, Dr. Clark, for joining me. It was good to see you. Thank you, Dr. Gooding. 